Is it possible to have a must-win game on April 9th? Probably not, but that's what it felt like for the Giants yesterday after losing a game that they really should have won on Saturday and getting shut down through seven innings in danger of getting swept by the Kansas City Royals at home. The Giants did what they needed to do. They came back and won the series finale. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple passionate and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thanks for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already, and hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo locked on all caps in the game. And coming up on today's show, Like I said, is it possible to have a must-win game on April 9th? Probably not. It was not a must-win, but hey, with a loss, you're 3-6. and With a loss, you're swept at home by the Kansas City Royals to start your home schedule. That is not ideal at all, especially coming off a game on Saturday, like I said, in which they should have won. We'll get to that game a little bit later. I think there's always a lot of Gabe Kapler criticism, and 95% of the time, it's kind of unwarranted, in my opinion. But... Not on Saturday. I agree with the criticism of the bullpen management on Saturday. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But first, the win. The Giants needed this one badly, and they did it in dramatic fashion. They were getting completely shut down by Bubich on Kansas City, who just, it kind of reminds me of the Johnny Brito start against the Yankees. It's just a pitcher who isn't really known as a strikeout guy, but just completely dominating the San Francisco Giants offense. Uh, Very similar to that start against the Yankees. And what's so weird about the Giants offense this season is that they're up there towards the leaders in like runs scored, runs scored per game. I get it. A lot of they scored 16 runs in a game, but, you know, weighted runs created plus just all kinds of offensive metrics. You'll find the Giants near the top, but yet it's been hot and cold. And so, As I've said, I don't think that that's necessarily something that will continue. Uh, The strikeouts, though, have certainly been a problem. The Giants are leading the major leagues in strikeout percentage at 28.6%. That number will continue to come down, but, you know, they're striking out at a higher rate than anybody in Major League Baseball. So that's what was going on with Bubich. The Giants were just going down easily against him, but... I mean, Anthony DiSclefani, Tony DiSclefani, just another outstanding start. He's made two consecutive outstanding starts to begin the 2023 season, and he really has saved them both times. They needed these wins, like, badly both times he went out there, first time against the White Sox and then yesterday against Kansas City. Uh, He's thrown 12 and a third innings. He's allowed, what, 
one earned run. It came yesterday. Uh, man, he looks like the 2021 best version of himself. And that's what I was saying. All offseason as people wrote him off based on five injury plagued starts in 2022. It's like the dude had a serious ankle injury that required surgery and we're judging him based on that uh, instead of the previous year when he had a 3.17 ERA. So anyway, he saved them uh, with another tremendous effort on Sunday in the finale. And then the anemic Giants offense, which I'm just saying anemic in this game. Overall, they've actually been good, believe it or not. Uh, came through clutch in the eighth inning. Bryce Johnson got it started with a little bloop hit to left field. And, you know, he's a threat to run. He was 12 out of 12 in steals in the spring. He tried to steal during a Tyro Estrada at bat, but Estrada put the ball in play. Uh, it was a fly out. So Bryce Johnson had to go back to first. And then Flores is up with two outs. And, you know, Bryce Johnson is running on, on a pitch again. And Flores hits a ground ball right down the the left field line. And uh, Bryce Johnson didn't peek in to see what Flores did. So he actually slid into second base. And uh, he said, like, thankfully, the ball was hit down the left field line and not the right field line, because as soon as he slid into second base, he looked up and he could see the ball. And, you know, look at Mark Hallberg waving him home, uh, waving him to third, at least. Uh, so anyway, gets up races to third, rounds third, aggressive send with a left fielder with a strong arm, but a necessary send with two outs down one to nothing in the eighth inning uh, with your fastest guy perhaps on the bases and struggling to score, you send him there and they send him and it's just, if the throw was online, he would have been out by 10 feet, but it just goes to show you, they don't always make perfect throws and it, they needed it because, you know, throw was a little bit offline. Johnson slides in safely just ahead of the catcher reaching back to try to tag him. So they finally break through, tie the game, even it up at one to one. And then next up is Michael Conforto left on left matchup against a tough pitcher, tough angle, Yarborough, uh, you know, funky sidearm kind of delivery. And Conforto gets himself into a 3-1 count and he gets a kind of hanging slider middle away and just pummels it into right center field for a two-run homer. So Conforto kind of showing what he can do and the power. He He's a guy who hit over, I think he averaged like 30 home runs a year over several years there with the Mets. And so the Giants, you know, they take a 3-1 to one lead and that would be the final score. And so just a huge rally there to to not go to three and six. Although, look, I've said this the other day that the 2020 Giants started out eight and 16. So much bigger sample of being, you know, winning half as often as losing. And yet by the before the end of that 60 game season in 2020, they had gotten back over 500. And so and and you look at some of the recent World Series champions have had bad records through like 50 or so games uh, often. I mean, the, the 2019 Nationals were like 19 and 31 or something, and they ended up winning the World Series. And the 2021 Braves didn't have a good record through some number, some significant number of games. So being three and six wouldn't have doomed them by any stretch. But it's a lot nicer to be four and five. But really, they should be five and four, in my opinion, because on Saturday, they wasted a game that they absolutely should have won. And so coming up in just a minute, we are going to get into what Gabe Kapler did wrong, in my opinion, 
uh, with the bullpen management. It's something that people complain about a lot. I think more often than not, it's kind of unjustified personally, but this time I think it was justified. So we'll get into that decision uh, in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. This is the coolest game I've played in a while because I've I grew up wanting to be a major league GM and with this game I'm able to put my skills to the test and I promise you it's not as easy as you might think. Uh, I've been competing with some other locked on hosts in this game and left and right people are getting fired from their jobs. So it is a challenge. You have to worry about hiring coaches and staff and managing team finances. And when I say worry, it's really invigorating versus a worry, but if you don't do a good job, you can get fired. Uh, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult per- personalities, team chemistry, injuries, and all the ups and downs of a season. So Locked on Giants listeners also get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo Locked On in the game store. Make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code below if you're on YouTube, or check it out on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but the actual cost is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. I know for me personally, this is something that plagued me to no end. You know, you sign up for something, free trial, you forget about it. There are so many, and it is so nice to have the simplified uh, tools that Rocket Money provides to be able to get rid of those unwanted subscriptions, stop throwing money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB. rocketmoney.com slash MLB. All right, as promised, Gabe Kapler messed up, in my opinion. And really, I mean, I honestly, there, I could probably count on two hands or even maybe one the times where I really felt like there was a significant error in judgment that was made in the course of a game by Gabe Kapler that cost them. It happens. I mean, it happens to every manager. I was super critical of Bruce Bochy in 2016. If you don't think that Bochy missed handled the bullpen in 2016. I'm sorry, but you, you've you got blinders on thinking that Bochy could do no wrong. That team had Will Smith, who ended up, remember how good Will Smith was for the Giants in subsequent years, not so much in 2016 because they didn't use him. They traded for him at the deadline and they just kind of let him sit on the bench when their bullpen was melting down, down the stretch and melting down in a game that I was at, uh, 2016 NLDS game four against the Cubs and they used like five relievers in the ninth inning and they couldn't hold a three-run lead. They Bochi just refused to kind of let Will Smith be the guy in that pen when kind of the advanced metrics would suggest that he was a reliever worth using in high leverage situations and he just never really got that chance. They used him more as like a situational lefty. So I'm going off the rails here, but you know, Bochi wasn't perfect. Gabe Kapler's not perfect, but I think a lot of the time it's overblown. Uh, with managers in general, it's just if if the bullpen messes up, 
it reflects poorly on you almost all, no matter what. But in this case, Ross Stripling, Ross Stripling has just had a terrible time of it with preventing home runs so far. It is a small sample. We're talking six and two thirds innings. But I go back to to the final spring outing for Stripling when he made the start against the Oakland A's in San Francisco, uh, that exhibition game. But it's in a major league stadium. It's the day, you know, the game before the season starts. And at that point in the year, guys are you're trying to get guys out. You're not just like working on stuff, although he said he kind of was working on some stuff. But the A's are not a good team and they kind of pummeled him in that game. They He gave up three homers, gave up a bunch of hits. And then what I saw from him in his first start of the year in New York, he it was kind of more of the same. He gave up, I think, three additional. Yeah, three more home runs in that game. So back to back outings in which he gave up three home runs. And so uh, the the deal was Sean Manaya got the start and Sean Manaya was really good. Uh, and the Giants got out to a five to one lead. And I guess what what happened was it was pre-planned that Ross Stripling was going to piggyback with Sean Manaya uh, because they have, quote, too many starters, right? Like too many starters to to have starting. Otherwise, they'd have like, a, I guess, a six-man rotation, which they could just do, but they aren't. Um, and so the plan was that it was going to be Manaya and then it was going to be Stripling. But to me, you've got to be nimble enough to change those plans when the game becomes on the line and it's clear what your eyes should be telling you that this is not the guy to be out there in the situation he found himself in. So it was five to one when he entered and the first batter that Stripling faced, he allowed another home run. And so right away, just red flags going off for me, but it's still five to two. And so you could get away with giving him a little bit more leash, I guess. And Sure enough, he got out of the inning without any more runs scoring there in the seventh. So it was five to two in the eighth and Stripling got the first two outs of the eighth. And so I can see where at that point you're just thinking, get me through this inning. And I don't know if the plan was to have him even close out the game because, again, they want to give him work because he's a starting pitcher type. And so you don't want him to just go one inning at a time. Maybe they wanted to give him the whole rest of the game. But what I don't get is like, They've done this so many times with the likes of Junis and Jelly and even Manaya out of the bullpen once, and then they're stripling in that situation. It's like, what about your actual high leverage relievers? You're you're just like passing over them repeatedly. It's like saving the bullpen, but for what? If you're saving them so much, what are you saving them for if not a high leverage situation when the game is on the line? And that's what happened after two outs and nobody on. Two hard hit singles. It wasn't like these were bleeders. They they were hard hit singles that set up Salvador Perez at the plate as the tying run with a guy on the mound who had given up three, six, seven homers in his last roughly 10 innings pitched, counting the final spring game. I don't normally talk about spring statistics, but when it carries over like immediately it's it's looking a little bit like a trend and it's just I, I he's just not the guy I want in that situation where a home run is like the one thing that is going to completely doom you in that moment. And they had Brebia warming up in the pen. I think also Scott Alexander, a lefty. But for me, Tyler Rogers, John Brebia or even Camilo Duvall for a four out save 
made more sense in that moment when Perez, who has a lot of power, he hit 40-something home runs like two years ago, uh, representing the tying run, and they leave Gabe Kapler leaves Stripling in, and he gives up a three-run homer. And so suddenly now Stripling has allowed, what, eight home runs in his last like 11 and a third innings. That's insane. I mean, and I, I looked this up afterwards. I think I believe Tyler Rogers has allowed fewer home runs in his career than Stripling has allowed in his last 11 innings. That's insane. Tyler Rogers is really tough to homer against. I mean, he wasn't even warming up. I'd, I would, Brebbia would have been fine to me, but I think Rogers would have been a great choice because he just doesn't, it's really hard to even elevate the ball against Rogers, let alone hit it out of the ballpark. And so, I mean, look, if Perez hits a double and then somebody else singles, that's a problem too. But still, I just did not think that Stripling belonged in that situation. And then, you know, it was still just 5-5. And then the bottom of the eighth comes up and the Giants loaded the bases with nobody out. And then, boom, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. It, but it just felt like it was so demoral, demoralizing to have given up the lead that it they were, they were putting pressure on themselves that didn't ever need to come up. And so that's why the follow-up game on Sunday was so important. So anyway, that's my take on that. I don't like kind of having a preset plan and then not being able to adjust if it's looking dicey. I think that they needed to not leave Stripling in there and it was a mistake and it cost them a game. And so it happens though. Nobody's No manager is going to be perfect, but that to me looked like an obvious mistake. So coming up in just a minute though, we're going to turn the page uh, thankfully, we don't have to dwell on that one too long. There is a lot to update you on with roster moves. Darren Ruff is back. Roberto Perez is hurt and much more. So we'll get into all of that in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So Rare recently partnered with MLB All-Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez to serve as brand ambassadors. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled so uh, S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. All right, as promised, uh, a lot to update you on, just a lot of moves that got made over the weekend. Darren Ruff is back. I mean, that's uh that's probably well, it's not the most significant. Roberto Perez is hurt, and we'll get into that in a second. But the the Darren Ruff situation is funny because the Giants got quite a bit back for Darren Ruff in that trade with the Mets. They got J.D. Davis, who's basically been, like, in some ways, a better version of Darren Ruff in that he doesn't have the kind of platoon splits that Ruff has, and he's, like, more versatile defensively and younger and a little more athletic, perhaps. So, 
Uh, J.D. Davis alone for Ruff would have been a win, but they also got Thomas Zapucky, who I like a lot, but is hurt right now, and two prospects, including one who did really well in his like double A debut the other day, I believe. And so, uh, Der- the Mets are still paying Darren Ruff for this season. They DFA'd him prior to the season, and he went unclaimed, and then the Mets released him, and then the Giants signed him. It's a minor league contract, but. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets an opportunity at some point. Uh, you know, I think back to 2021 when he made such an impact, there was no DH in the National League. There's a DH now. And so there's there's certainly a possibility, like if Jock Peterson were to get hurt or something, there's, there's a path for Darren Ruff to make an impact at the major league level. But I think you don't want to expose him defensively, which is what we saw happen in 2022. He was actually not bad in 2021, but I think those days are over where you would want to rely at all on him defensively. But it's just a cool story. He he did not want to get traded and he was, you know, it's tough to get traded. You've got he has a child who is about to start school in the Bay Area and then he gets shipped off to New York. It's kind of crazy that teams can just do this to human beings, but that's that's the rules of the game. And he just never got comfortable in New York and really, really struggled and got booed to no end. It was rough. <laughs> no pun intended, really. But anyway, back on a minor league deal, you really could see him at some point. I don't know when, but it's a possibility. Now, a little bit worse news here. Roberto Perez is hurt. He made a throw to second base when a runner was attempting to steal, and he was just immediately in a lot of pain in his shoulder. And uh, he ends up going on the 60-day injured list with a right rotator cuff strain. And so the 60-day IL means two things. Number one, he's not eligible to return for at least two months. Number two, it opens up a 40-man spot. And so they use it uh, and they activate Austin wins. And simultaneously, Joey Bart was sent out on a rehab assignment to AAA Sacramento. And simultaneously, Gary Sanchez reported to AAA Sacramento. And so the catcher position just remains very, very interesting for the Giants. Blake Sable, by the way, so far has not hit enough. Like he's going to keep getting some opportunities, but he could be starting to run out of time if he continues to struggle to hit and he's striking out a lot. Uh, But, you know, Joey Bart is probably close to being ready to come back. And you've got Gary Sanchez and Austin Wins is now on the roster. And so, like, because Austin Wins is on the roster, I guess you could send Wins down and call Bart up and then still have Sable and Bart or whatever. But it's just totally unclear exactly what's going to happen. But just... The, the wheels are in motion. And I think, honestly, Austin wins is fine depth to have. Like, he's kind of similar to Roberto Perez in that he's a strong defender. Guys like throwing to him. Not much of a hitter. But, I mean, he did all right with the Giants with the bat. And But I would expect, you know, when Bart gets activated, I'm not sure if that's maybe when they make the call on Sable, who's probably, you know, they're facing a bunch of lefties coming up. And so Sable's probably not even going to start much. So it really, they could just go Bart and wins and let Sable go. I don't know if they've seen enough to make a determination. It is early, but there's been a lot of swing and miss. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. So because of all the lefties that they're facing, also they called up Elliot Ramos and they sent uh, Matt Beatty to the minors. And so Elliot Ramos seems pretty clear. They only feel comfortable putting him in there against lefties. 
He didn't have great at bats yesterday, although he did have a bunt hit. It, uh, I'm kind of skeptical about Elliot Ramos's ability to perform at the major league level, given how he struggled in the minors recently, but he's going to get some opportunities with the Giants facing a bunch of lefties uh, in the outfield. And then lastly, Mitch Haniger, uh reportedly he's, you know, he's on the IL with an oblique issue, but Evan Wiebeck of the Mercury News, I believe, uh, says that Haniger's beginning to hit off a tee. He's still a ways from getting into a game and he's going to head out on a rehab assignment before joining the Giants. His back tightened up and that shut him down for about a week. So not great news when a guy who's had a history of getting injured a lot gets injured with his oblique and then he has a back issue crop up while he's on the injured list with an oblique issue. And so I don't love that at all. But that's the current status for Mitch Haniger, probably at least a couple weeks away still at this point. So anyway, those are all the updates, and that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance. And thank you to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Giants versus Dodgers tonight will be breaking it down. So thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.